you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marks Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. A little under the weather today, so uh, he won't be with us. Get well soon, buddy. Uh, hopefully have you back uh, by Friday. That'll be great. Uh, but uh, we got plenty to talk about. Uh, but first, uh, we've hit the double-digit weeks, Fabs. I know, man. Week 10. It's week 10 now. Yeah, dude. It's uh, It goes by so fast. And then once you hit, like, Halloween, it goes into light speed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, the, the, the fantasy football season, obviously, is much shorter than the actual NFL season as you get right. through the regular season and into the postseason. But, um, I mean, heck, we're, what, four weeks from the playoffs? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're getting close. Yeah. And uh, this also is the time where, man, that waiver wire gets really hard to navigate. Yeah. <laughs> this like, week, actually, there, there, was, so bad. there was some some really good options. But um, yeah, yeah, you're right. As I was going through last night and putting in waiver claims before I went to bed, I was like, man, this is 
Not great. Yeah. Not great. Uh, we got plenty to talk about, as always. Uh, we'll have Jeff Ratcliffe from Pro Football Focus joining us. Uh, we'll ask him about A.J. Green, who's expected back, plus uh, try to make some sense of what's going on uh, in that Arizona backfield. Plus, uh, look, I know that for a lot of folks, maybe the fantasy season hasn't gone the way you want, so maybe it's time to look ahead. So uh, we'll go way too early and look at some running backs that may or may not be top three draft picks, top three round draft picks, I should say, for next season. Guys who were top three that uh, might not be there next year. Guys who weren't the top three that, I don't know, maybe sneak in. And of course, because it is Wednesday and you've already put in your waiver claims, I'm sure you're trying to figure out as you scramble to fix your roster here for Bipocalypse, uh, who (laughs) should go back into the waiver wire pool. So I'll throw out some names and we'll decide whether or not you want to hang on to some of these guys. Uh, So we'll do all of that. But before we jump into that, let's go behind the glass and talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? Yeah, they just hit me thinking about double digit weeks. I remember it was yesterday wearing like shorts and lugging equipment to like the yard house for our preseason. I know, right. It was so hot outside. I'm like, oh, the season's about to start. Like, it's almost there. We're drafting. Like, everything is cool. And now it's like literally week 10. It's like, I mean, I know you guys are some of the busiest people in this whole entire building. Uh, I'm pretty busy myself, too. It is insane how quickly time flies, especially like during the season when there's just so much going on. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, and now we've hit that part of the year where we've changed the clocks back and it's dark. Like, it's the dark. worst. Driving home. Driving home. Yeah. Just, you got to turn the lights on your car. It's right. Terrible. It's so awful. I, this is just miserable. So, all right, there you go. Uh, let's do some news. The news. Well, we had a couple of pieces of news that have just popped up uh, right as we started recording this. Uh, the first one, Le'Veon Bell not practicing. Uh, he had an MRI earlier this week on his knee. And right now, Adam Gay's saying that maybe it's sort of sore, that they're trying to be optimistic, that they're hoping he's still going to be available. There's no structural damage uh, in the leg or in the knee right now. But Fabs, he's not practicing. Mm-hmm. It's a good matchup this week. I, I mean, know. If, if he doesn't go, and we certainly don't know that just as of yet, but look, Ty Montgomery, mm-hmm. Malal Powell, do mm-hmm. we have any faith in either of those guys? I mean, there? that's the question, um, especially based on what we saw last week. It was more Bilal Powell and less Montgomery. So that's that's. Uh, let's just hope that he can play. And uh, I mean, can, <laughs> can we... Can we stop with the injuries to the big name guys now? Uh, uh, fantasy gods? You're, you're not going to like this next story then. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, uh, come on. I mean, really. So uh, just ensure yourself. You know, maybe you were able to pick up Ronald Jones off the waiver wire or, you know, Kalen Balaj, who I don't love, but I mean, volume, right? So hopefully you were able to at some point ensure yourself uh, and get somebody off the wire who isn't going to be Le'Veon Bell, but at least you're not getting a stinker, uh, a guaranteed stinker, or a, a zero, uh, worse off. So hopefully he's going to be okay. It doesn't sound like it's terribly it's like bad. too serious. But you just, you, you never, you never want to see a guy, like if he doesn't practice on Friday, then I'm going to be uh, concerned. Uh, okay, so here's that, that next story. Again, another one that just popped up this morning as we started recording this podcast. Uh, this is from Adam Schefter. An MRI of Giants tight end Evan Ingram's foot injury is being sent to noted Dr. Robert Anderson for a second opinion per source. Giants head coach Pat Shermer called it, quote, a little bit of a sore foot yesterday. Uh, and for now, Ingram's status is uncertain. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, I mean, just when you thought the tight end position couldn't get any I know, worse. and you've got six teams on a bye this week. Like, Literally, if you go to Stardom and Sidham, which is up right now on the site, the tight ends to start this week, I mean, 
They all stink. But I, what am I supposed to do? I mean, you know, it's like Greg Olson. He's got a good matchup. Eric Ebron's playing the Dolphins. Jack Doyle, Kyle Rudolph, Adam Thielen's out. You are literally throwing darts <laughs> this week. Every weekend with six teams on a bye, you're throwing darts even more. Like O.J. freaking Howard, who is one of the – he's the biggest bust at tight end. Without Easily. question. Easily. Could end up being a top 10 tight end this week because he's playing the Cardinals. I really, in a couple of spots, like – I'm thinking – you're thinking about it. I am. <laughs> I am thinking about it. This I mean, is where we're at. This man. is where I am right now with uh, with the tight end position. Yep. So, uh, so we'll keep an eye on Evan Ingram's status too. Oh, we'll see uh, if he's available because again, another good matchup with the Giants. I know. That's this week. I know. Uh, so there you go. Uh, big quarterback news that hit on Tuesday, and maybe not much of a surprise, but uh, it is official. Doug Marone has picked Nick Foles to be the Jaguars' starter for the rest of the season, or at least as long as he's healthy. Gardner Minshew goes back to the bench. The Jags were four and four with Minshew. Uh, as the starting quarterback, I keep seeing that, you know, Minshew was four and four as the starter. And I'm like, well, yeah, but like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to get into this whole QB wins debate. I'm like, it just seems easier to say the Jaguars were four and four with Minshew yeah, as the starter. Yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point of it is, Fabs, I feel like doesn't really change much, right? Like, I think in the, pl- the places where you felt confident in starting Minshew, you can start Foles. Correct. The, sch- the schedule's, you know. It's pretty good the rest of the season for the Jaguars. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like this has any negative impacts on, you know, DJ Chark, D.D. Westbrook, none of those guys. I think everything kind of stays status quo. Nope. I, I think it's it's fine. And, uh, you know, I had said on TV earlier in the week when I uh, took off my mustache in anger and <laughs> posted it on the crying face emoji on the monitor that I like this move. I, I think this is going to be good. Uh, I think it could be good for D.D. Westbrook if he can come back healthy because, uh, you know, Foles and D.D. have certainly a rapport. Uh, he did throw a touchdown pass to D.J. Chark in the first game before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know that it's going to affect Chark's value a- at all. I think this is going to be good for the Jaguars. And as you mentioned, you look at the strength of schedule uh, and Jacksonville at this point right now, fourth easiest remaining schedule for quarterbacks. Um, that's a positive as well. So, I mean, I'm not saying Nick Foles needs to be rostered in all leagues, but he should be rostered in a lot of leagues. <laughs> right. That's for sure, especially um, you know w- with the weapons that they have there in Jacksonville. And and I would think that he can be just as good as Gardner Minshew was. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I mean, look, Minshew was. I mean, that was that was a great find. I think for a lot of us sure. in fantasy. I mean, nobody expected it. Obviously, we didn't expect Foles. Although to be I was hurt. bitter. Yes, you were definitely bitter. By I the was end. pissed. At that. that was <laughs> aw- you know because like at the end of the game, I'm thinking, all right, so maybe we'll get. The some, garbage time. Some garbage points. Yeah, And instead, no. he turns the ball over like four times in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, you've already got like nine points and that's it. Don't take more points from me. Yep. And that's what he did. And so I was like, eh, I'm done. Yep. Well, and uh, apparently apparently Doug Marone felt the same way. Yes, sir. So there yeah. you go. Yep. Uh, more quarterback news. Cam Newton's season is officially over. He had been dealing with a lingering foot injury. Uh, hadn't played since week two. It had been Kyle Allen since then. And now we know for sure that it will be Kyle Allen for the remainder of the season. Um, I mean, I guess, I mean, I don't know that this changes anything. I mean, we've been rolling with Kyle Allen, you know, uh, Christian McCaffrey had been great. You know, you can sort of start either DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel in certain spots. So now I guess we just, we just know. I mean, I had stashed Cam Newton in a couple of leagues thinking maybe there was a chance. And now you can just, you know, you can just put him back on the waiver one. Yeah. Yeah. It it was worth the stash at that point when we thought maybe he was getting closer to coming back. Clearly that wasn't the case. Uh, And you look at Kyle Allen. Here's the good thing about this kid. Mm -hmm. He plays Atlanta twice. 
Yeah. He's got two games against Atlanta, which means streaming opportunities in traditional fantasy, DFS, whatever the case may be. So he could end up helping you on that on that quest to get to the fantasy playoffs. And, you know, now you, you wonder, you know, what happens to Cam next season? Yeah, that's the big question. That's, is, a, you know, uh, like it's, a, yeah, of course, you know, everyone's, a, he's going to go to Chicago. He's going to go here. He's going to go there. Who knows? Depends on what the Panthers do the rest of the way with Allen under center. Right. Um, but, um yeah, unfortunately, a lost season for Cam. Yeah, uh, that, that, that stinks, too, cause especially because I felt like this was maybe the best team offensively that he'd had around him in a while. Yep. Uh, McCaffrey doing bananas things this year. They get a couple of good wide yeah. receivers. Uh, so that, that sort of sucks. So best of luck to, uh, to Cam. We'll see what happens with him in the offseason and, and going into next year. Uh, news out of Minnesota. Adam Thielen unlikely to play this week against the Dallas Cowboys. He is nursing a hamstring injury. And there is talk that he might miss the next couple of games. They, the Vikings play this week. Next week, uh, they've got the Denver Broncos. And then they have a bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's talk that, that uh, Adam Thielen might not be available to you for the next few weeks. Um so I guess that means what Laquan Treadwell, BC Johnson. Do you have a preference there? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if I'm playing either one of them. I'd probably go with BC if I had to pick between the two. Mm-hmm. I just I, I'm I'm not picking up Laquan Treadwell. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm just not doing it. It's just not happening. The good news is, and I mentioned this early. Uh, in two of the last three games, Kyle Rudolph has scored double-digit fantasy points. Yep. Okay, and Thielen's been sidelined. So now against my beloved Dallas Cowboys, Rudolph is a, worth a roll of the dice. Yeah. I mean, we're almost in the holiday season, you know, Rudolph, stardom, whatever. There you go. But he, he was awful for most of the year. And then two of the last three games, he's gotten into the end zone. As Thielen's been out, he's getting more opportunities in the red zone. So uh, Rudolph worth a look if you're desperate at tight end. And many of us are. Uh, many of us are, especially uh, if this Evan Ingram news we talked about ends up being yeah. more serious than we anticipated. Yeah, jeez. Uh, in Indianapolis, the Colts are optimistic that Jacoby Brissett will be able to play on Sunday. He left last week's game fairly early with what looked like ankle and knee injuries, although they've pretty much just talked about the knee most of the time. Right now, he's dealing with what looks like an MCL sprain. Yep. Uh, look, it's as simple, Fabs, as... Well, I mean, I guess it is as simple as... Because he's playing the Dolphins, right? So yep. it, the matchup is great, but on the flip side... No T.Y. Hilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paris Campbell has a broken hand. I mean, I know Zach Pascal was great last week. Yep. Does, does does the lack of pass catchers kind of temper your expectations a little bit? No, it doesn't. Because, I mean, you've got Ebron in there. You've got Doyle as well. And as you mentioned, Pascal uh, was great. 94% of the snaps last week had, I believe, six targets. And this is a great matchup against Miami. I mean, so regardless of the quarterback is, if it's Brissett, He's going to have, and if it's Brissett and we're confident that he's going to be okay, and this is not one of those situations where he goes in, he doesn't feel right, and he comes back out. Uh, if we know that we're confident that this is going to be a game where Brissett's going to be fine from a health perspective, he is certainly worth a start against Miami. And Brian Hoyer, who came in last week and threw three touchdown passes at Heinz Field, I heck, I, I'm a, if I'm in a two QB league, a super flex league, uh, if I'm playing DFS, he's not going to be very costly. Worth a roll of the dice as well. I mean, Miami's that bad. I mean, I get it. They won last week, <laughs> but the Jets suck right now. Yeah, I mean, the they're Jets so are bad. A Sam Darnold, I don't know. Ever since that game where he got quo- where he got quoted on television, we're going to talk about what it was said. You all know it. You all know. He has not been a good NFL quarterback. In fact, now there is a debate going on in New York, Edward. Who would you rather have, Darnold or Daniel Jones? Who'd you rather have right now? I, I mean, it's not close. Jones, right? Yeah. Now. <laughs> Isn't that sick? It's bananas. And I, I think, you know, I, it is. I think a lot of it is just coaching, too. Like, I just think. Yeah. The, the, the Adam Gase, like, no. so 
I don't. I get. I get. Like you know, Adam Gase had success in Denver. His quarterback was Peyton freaking Manning. Yeah. Okay. Where else has he done anything? Oh, Jay Cutler played okay with him in Chicago. The Jets hired a coach the Dolphins threw in the trash. Okay, that's their big rival. Okay, threw him in the trash and they hired him. And now their team is in the trash. And a lot of people thought that the Jets were going to be good this year. Darnold had a year of experience under his belt. He was going to start to progress under Adam Gase, who is this offensive genius. And they they get Le'Veon Bell. They bring in Jamison Crowder. Suddenly this Jets offense and the fans had some potential. They were excited about this team. Now... Not so much. Not so much. Adam Gase needs to be one and done. I'm sorry, man. I just uh, like, dude, and he half of his paycheck should go to Peyton Manning. I don't want to. I don't want. I feel like we should just not talk about the Jets until they decide to get their crap together. Then, then we just don't have to talk about yeah. them. Yeah, so. it's it's just it, it's that that team is a nightmare. But you know what? It's funny because you know we talked about this like Browns, Jets. Like when you when you are in an environment of losing for so long, like even bringing in the most talented players doesn't necessarily mean that that environment is going to go away. Right. And we've seen that in Cleveland and with the Jets. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, last piece of news, Dolphins running back Mark Walton has been suspended for four games. Uh, this was a stemming off an arrest that happened uh, last offseason. The Dolphins say they knew about this uh, as a potential even before they traded Kenyon Drake away. So, Kevin Balage <laughs> is back in our lives. Uh, I actually put in waiver claims for him in several places because, look, I, I went out and I got Mark Walton a couple of weeks ago yep. looking at a bigger potential workload. That blew up in my face last week. Uh, so now I'm uh, reluctantly on the Kalen Balage train. But, you know, I mean, Miles Gaskin is there. Patrick yeah. Laird is there. I feel like this is going to be more of a committee situation than the Dolphins rolling with one guy. Kalen Balage won't go away. Nope. He just won't go away. Nope. You know, he's like that word on your hand. It's like, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just, it seems like it's there forever. Right? It just won't go away. And it was funny, too, because in the preseason, we were talking about why people who drafted him late might have gotten a bargain because he was starting preseason games. Yep. Right. Ahead of Drake. And, oh. yeah, he was my late round dart throw in yeah. a lot of leagues. I, and He's going to replace Frank Gore. And, and then and then you see him on the field and you're like, you know what, Marcus? He ain't that good. Well, I mean, he ain't that good. But now, I mean, he's thrust into a volume uh, position that. I mean, he's worth a roster spot at least, but when he ducked out of the way of a pass thrown to him, I felt like, <laughs> okay, this is this is probably not going to work. Out. Yeah, yeah, not going to work out. So, um, and then I mean, the Colts defense has actually been pretty tough against running backs. So I don't know that you're starting this week unless you're desperate as a yeah. flex. That's about it. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that this ends up uh, being another Detroit Lions backfield situation without Kerry so Johnson. So basically avoid because uh, that's that's what's happened in the, in the Lions. Backfield. Unless there's you're just, desperate. Yeah, there's just nothing there. Really yeah, there's nothing. There. On, yeah. So that's going to be that may his, that may go down in history as the biggest waste of fab money ever in fantasy football, because a lot of people put a lot of money down on Ty Johnson. And after one week, he's back on the way for whatever in a lot of leagues. Man. That one or that or uh, or Chase Edmonds, because, you know, yeah, yeah, spe- that's true. you spend a lot of money on Chase Edmonds. Yep. And then you probably didn't start him the one week he went off. Yeah. Uh, and then the week you did that's start true. him, you got you got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that's true. Yeah. Oh, man. So there you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. Back again for another week. It's our pal Jeff Ratcliffe from Pro Football Focus. We love talking to him every so often here on the podcast. Jeff, good to talk to you again. How are things? 
Very, very good. I mean, I love that we're a month out from the fantasy football playoffs and, and it's the NFL just never ceases to amaze me. The Kenyon Drake thing alone, like who would have saw that coming? Yeah. That's why this is a beautiful game. Uh, amaze or confuse you because that's <laughs> how I feel often. Man, that Kenyon Drake thing. I, I played against someone last week who had Kenyon Drake and I'm looking at their lineup and I'm like, Psh, this is going to be fine. And then next thing I know, you know, he's dropping, you know, 20 some odd points on me. And I'm like, this is, this is a on the Niners. This is a nightmare. Man, Crazy. I can't tell you. Um, first question I have, though, we have, we talked about A.J. Green multiple times when you've come on here. We've talked about him on the show just uh, plenty of times in general. Anyway, now it looks like he is coming back this week for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, no Andy Dalton, though. But uh, what what should we reasonably expect from A.J. Green at this point? Well, you hope for volume. And, and this is the thing. We have seen some of these backup quarterbacks step in and do a decent enough job. I mean, Brandon Allen was serviceable. We've seen Kyle Allen be a little bit more than serviceable. So I don't want to completely just say Ryan Finley is going to stink. But that is kind of my inclination, at least in this situation here. So if you have A.J. Green, you've had him all this time. You're really hoping for wide receiver two production if he sees enough volume. But I can't be confident in starting him this week in this matchup where, I mean, if anything, you have a game script that could be favorable for catch up at the end. But I mean, you know, it's just a challenging situation. I would be happier with Andy Dalton out there for sure. Uh, but, you know, you're just you're kind of hoping for that wide receiver two production. Uh, don't tell me that, Jeff. I, I have one auction league where I got him for for relatively cheap. And so I've just been sitting on him. And like I I was so eager just to plug him in. So I'm like, I want to get some value out of this. So uh, I get what you're saying. It's just uh, isn't it, it funny, hurts. though, how like, you know, we sometimes as an industry will like poo poo the veteran quarterback because he doesn't have really a great ceiling. But then when the younger guy comes in, we really want the veteran back as in like, you know, Josh Rosen, Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably going to be the same thing with Andy Dalton this week. We all case Keenum. Hey, we're looking for Dwayne Haskins. He comes in. Oh God, give me case Keenum. Please <laughs> give me case Keenum back. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has, has turned around that offense. And um, uh, it's, you know, it's one of those situations there where uh, you're, you're, you're not expecting a lot from the quarterbacks, but you do like them throwing the football to some of those players out there as in a Devonte Parker. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what the rookie in Cincinnati can do this week is he's got a lot of weapons in that passing game. Let's move on though. Uh, so Josh Gordon uh, lands in Seattle. And I was interested to hear that the Seahawks were kicking the tires in Antonio Brown, too, because I'm wondering, like, is it time to maybe pick him up and see what happens? Regardless, uh, who is going to be most affected by Gordon? Like, to me, I think it's DK Metcalf, who I would fade this week against San Francisco. What are your thoughts? Well, I think first and foremost, Antonio Brown, it could also be a reason to not pick him up if they had the opportunity to potentially sign him. That legal issue obviously is looming or, you know, all of that. So I don't know there, but... I don't know if DK Metcalf has done anything to warrant uh, being downgraded. That's the thing. He's, he's actually continuing to surge this season. Last week, the writing was on the wall for that big day because so far this season, he is the most heavily targeted receiver in the end zone. Those are premium targets and he's really come on. I, I think if anything, if you look at like who's most impacted, well, Russell Wilson, could he get better? Yeah. I mean, we look at what that offense wants to do, right? They want to collapse the defense with the run game, get, you know, keep the defense honest and then go over the top. And you, you have DK who can do that. Tyler Lockett can do a bit of everything, but they really had hoped for another guy, right? That's why they drafted Gary Jennings and it just didn't pan out with him. 
But Gordon, who was kind of – he was out of his his uh, comfort zone in New England having to do a lot in the short and intermediate. He's a guy who historically has been heavily targeted downfield. Gives him another weapon there to do that. I mean, it's going to be really interesting. Now, I, I agree Metcalf is a volatile play on a week-in, week-out basis, and I think Gordon now is going to be that as well. So there are going to be weeks, I think, where we'll see Metcalf in wide receiver three territory, other weeks where we'll see Gordon there. But – Josh Gordon or uh, Russell Wilson, that is with Josh Gordon, the rich get richer. Yep, man. I mean, that's that's kind of wild to think. Um, we talked briefly about Kenyon Drake when we started this thing, Jeff. Uh, and so I guess that begs the question, David Johnson expected back. Is there a way that you see both of these guys being able to coexist in that Arizona backfield? Yeah, unfortunately for David Johnson owners, I do think that's the case. No, and then when- don't say it. <laughs> when Chase Edmonds comes back, then it's going to be even more. Oh, uh, come on. You're breaking so, my heart, Ratcliffe. Come on, man. Some, something I, I always encourage people to do, like it shows my age. I always say write it down. Like you don't necessarily <laughs> have to write it down, but write it down. Don't draft or don't don't go into a season with a running back who's 27 years old and be overly optimistic with that player. Sometimes these guys can buck the trend, but a lot of times it's that the the downfall starts to happen that slow decline and we saw a struggling David Johnson from an efficiency standpoint on the ground he was fine as a receiver but on the ground I mean you're talking Chase Edmonds was averaging over a yard more after contact per attempt than David Johnson earlier this season so I think there is that case so David Johnson sliding back into RB2 territory this week if he does return I think you can use him and Kenyon Drake as as a flex option with obvious upside the matchup is not great though I mean Tampa Bay has been tough on running backs this season so it's going to be interesting to see number one how they can coexist, what the snap and the touch share numbers are, and if they can hold up against the Buccaneers, who surprisingly have uh, been really good against the run this season. Moving on to another running back, Melvin Gordon. He looked like Melvin Gordon (laughs) last week. Is he back? You know, it's amazing what a good matchup will do for you. You know, the last time we talked, I said, hey, he had a brutal stretch to open the season up. Uh, were his season, I should say. It was the three toughest run defenses in terms of PFF grading. Then he faced the Bears, and at least he showed signs of life getting in the end zone. But, hey, the Packers have just gotten gashed uh, on the ground week in and week out. And and on top of it, the good thing for Gordon, it was a volume day. wasn't the most efficient day. But he also had two goal line carries converting both for touchdowns. They're still using Austin Eckler. I mean, they used him plenty in this game as well, but it is an encouraging sign. Um, I, I think you can use Gordon as a front end RB2 going forward. Of course, we know, though, he is not matchup proof. So you just have to keep an eye on that each week who he's facing. Yeah, there was one uh, drive last week where they used Eckler near the goal line. He could not convert. They brought in Gordon one play. Boom touchdown so uh that's a positive if you have melvin gordon on your fantasy team because uh he clearly is the better of the two goal line options and if he sees that kind of volume week in and week out uh he's going to help you down the stretch no question uh can we can we have any confidence in odell beckham anymore it's not about talent it's just about that that offense being so broken i mean we're not we're not benching him you're not cutting him but can you really start him confidently every week now 
you know, I had somebody ask me on Twitter, you know, the, the mantra of start your studs and not overthinking it. Um, he, he kept saying, well, you have Odell Beckham ranked at 18. Should I really start and name whoever, you know, was like Allen Robinson. I had ahead of him. Zach Pascal. I was like, yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. You start Allen Robinson ahead of him because Odell Beckham jr. Well, great football player. He's not a fantasy stud this season, unfortunately, but we do see at least some encouraging signs. I thought last week was good enough. I mean, for a wide receiver too, with upside, I'm really curious in this offense though, because the one thing that they were really lacking in, in terms of weapons was a pass catching back out of the backfield. As much as Nick Chubb, you want to kind of force that, you know, uh, square peg into a round hole. He's not really that he's a between the tackles, throwback run running back. But Kareem Hunt can bring that to this offense. So it's going to be interesting if there's any different dynamic here. I'm not optimistic for Odell Beckham Jr. as anything more than a wide receiver, too. But this is going to be a slightly different look for Cleveland, you know, over the remaining games of the season. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, just a wide receiver, too. It's unfortunate. You thought this was going to be so much better for Cleveland, and it just didn't work out that way. Yeah. I mean, I know this year it, it feels sort of like a, a lost season. I mean, is there any hope? Because everybody keeps pointing to this schedule that's supposed to lighten up for the Browns in the second half of the season. I mean, can we really put any stock in that? Or is, is, this, is this offense just have too many problems right now? I think that can help. I mean, as we just talked about with Melvin Gordon, uh, you know, sometimes we'll see that with, with fantasy players, they'll be all of a sudden, um, you know, they'll be off on a guy who ha- who's coming off a bad game, but it really was a bad matchup game. You know, matchups really do matter for a lot of players. you know, there are very few players in the NFL who are completely matchup proof. Obviously Lamar Jackson showed us that he's one of those guys, Christian McCaffrey, unless he's playing the bucks is one of those guys, but there are very few guys like that. And, and really could come together for this team. That being said, I'm still not that optimistic, you know, in in the same, at the same time though, trade deadlines and fantasy football leagues are either this week, next week, right around now. If you could get Odell Beckham jr. On the cheap and buy low, I don't have a huge issue with that because you're not paying what you would have paid for him back in September. Oh man, heartbreaking. Uh, it's it's been a it's been a rough go. I think, but I, and I say this is yeah, I can't imagine how it is to be a Cleveland Browns fan, but I just know watching them and having OBJ, it's been a, a rough go. Uh, Jeff, where can folks find you if they want to get more of your stuff? Absolutely, over at pff.com for our our all the article content uh, and all that fun stuff, audio, video, and then on Twitter at Jeff Ratcliffe. Same thing on Instagram. Hey, beautiful Jeff, appreciate it as always, man. We'll talk to you soon. Be Thanks, good, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thanks again to Jeff Ratcliffe for his time. I always enjoy talking to him. Uh, we'll catch up with him again very soon uh, before the end of uh, the season, certainly before the end of the month, actually. So we'll do that, too. Um, all right. So this is for those of you out there who maybe the fantasy season isn't working out the way you would have hoped. Uh, and you're maybe kind of casting an eye toward next season and trying to figure out what uh, some of your draft strategies are going to be. Look, I get it. No judgment. We've all been there. It happens. Uh, we all have leagues where things just go sideways and, uh, you know, just nothing you can do about it. So looking at running backs, because that position will always vex us, uh, has done so this year. I got some guys that were drafted in the top three rounds this season who maybe aren't producing up to that level. Uh, maybe they suffered injury. Maybe that was the situation. And so I'm going to ask you and we'll talk about whether or not, it's worth drafting some of these guys in the top three next year. Then I also have a group of guys that weren't in the top three that uh, will decide maybe maybe they're worth moving up into the top three rounds next year. So first, uh, well, 
Todd Gurley, I mean, top of mind, right? I mean, this is mm-hmm. a guy that we debated a long time about, all offseason long, about where he should go. I mean, he was a guy who fell kind of into the second round, and we thought maybe he went too far. Uh, maybe we moved him up too far. I don't know, but it just hasn't been the Todd Gurley year we're used to seeing. Nope. Uh, and this looks like sort of the wave of the future now for Todd Gurley. So this time next year, or next summer, I should say, are we looking at Todd Gurley as a, a top three round pick? Depends on how he finishes, but right now, no. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, I, I'd probably guess fourth round. Right. That that's just me. Um, because and ima- imagine imagine if like he is in a very close timeshare with Henderson the rest of this season. I mean, that's really going to drop his value significantly. So uh, at this point, and I have Gurley uh, in a couple of leagues. He's had some really big games. He's had some really awful stinkers, and that's not what we're used to. When we drafted Todd Gurley, we were expecting a little more consistency. So if we start seeing more of a committee with him being the lead guy in a committee uh, from here on out. I mean, he could fall to the fourth round next season. He is right now the RB25. It's not good. And and maybe the biggest surprise, he has 81 receiving yards. Yeah. It's, That's all. I, and he has been extremely productive as a receiver in the past. Right. And he's just not a part of the, the nope. passing game at all there for the Rams. That, to me, is maybe the most shocking thing. Yep. Uh, that, that they just haven't thrown him. The, he had one game where he had yeah. a bunch of targets. Yep. And we thought, well, maybe this is going to kickstart him. And it just hasn't. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I think you're right. I just don't know that, that you can get him, that, that you would draft him in the top three rounds. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, uh, you, know, you mentioned Daryl Henderson. I'm curious to see, you know, what happens, you know, if Malcolm Brown starts to get a little more run in the offseason, what, sure. what happens there. It's just, uh, look, the Rams said they might use a committee, and uh, I guess they weren't lying to us. Yeah, yep. weird. Uh, Joe Mixon has been a huge disappointment so far this season. I mean, he's not even in the top 25 uh, of fantasy running backs as I'm scrolling. There he is, right there, number 36. <laughs> uh, he has three touchdowns all season, none of them rushing. Uh, That's crazy, all, right? All three touchdowns are receiving touchdowns this year. Uh, and he was kind of a, you know, a second-round guy that we thought was ready to break out. That hasn't happened, and... Fabs, this offense looks like it's only going to get worse probably in the offseason. Yeah, I don't know that he's going to be a top 30 pick either. He's probably going to be in that girly range uh, and maybe even worse. And things didn't even start out well for him before the season started because, you know, you lost your first round pick in Jonah Williams for the season. And, you know, that was supposed to be one of those cogs that helps to improve a really bad offensive line. And so now he, you know, he was out and all of a sudden you're trying to piecemeal that offensive line together and it stinks. It's awful they're throwing the ball 70 percent of the time and they're behind in like every game you know the last time he played he actually did well right. which we were surprised about like wow the rams i can't believe that you know they gave up <laughs> we, we, we but, pretty but much now, quit on him at that right point. but now he's got now he's got baltimore <laughs> so if i mean he's probably a flex this week because there's six teams on a bye but um the, the problem is that he's a he's a super talented guy i i mean for all of his off field he's a super talented guy and zach taylor is not utilizing him uh and Part of the reason is offensive line stinks mm-hmm. and game script has been a problem. So, uh, yeah, it, it, again, lost season for a guy who a lot of people had very high hopes for this season. Well, and I, I just wonder how much the Bengals offense will be dismantled in the offseason, right? Yeah. Like it looks like Andy Dalton is probably gone. Yep. I know A.J. Green says he wants to stay in Cincinnati, but we'll see, not to mention the fact that the last few years have just been riddled with injuries yep. for him and he's yep. getting older. Um yeah, just things seem to be on the decline there in Cincinnati offensively, so I don't I don't know here. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, 
we sort of debated where in the first round he should go. And he was kind of a mid-first rounder uh, in a lot of leagues this season. We, as you mentioned, had high hopes for the Jets offense, which have not materialized. Yep. All things considered, I mean, with as bad as the Jets offense has been, I feel like Lev Bell has produced you know, at or above expectations. I mean, he's the RB 15, which probably isn't what you drafted him to be, but considering how bad everything else around him has gone, mm-hmm. I feel like that's okay. I feel like that's good enough to at least keep him somewhere in the top three rounds next year. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Um, hopefully the, this, this current injury is not a major issue. And I mean, he's still a talented guy. I, I watched, you know, the jets games, you know, you watch the game pass and you're like, you know, they're down inside the red zone. I'm like, why aren't they giving him ball? Right. You know, like the, there was there was a couple of uh, series there against uh, Miami where they were deep in Miami territory, and they like, didn't give him the ball. Like after that, <laughs> I, I still don't I still don't understand that, that how that Griffin touchdown wasn't a touchdown. No one understands it. I don't get that. I don't no understand. One will ever know. I mean, and that actually might have saved Sam Donald a lot of headaches too, because then he would have given you right around like seventeen points, which is okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll take that. But I, that. Give Le'Veon the ball, man. Like, he's a really good goal line back. He's shifty. He's elusive. You don't have trust in him? I I don't know, dude. I was was confused about that um, and and why they didn't use him. But I still think... Well, the Jets could look very different next year. They know. could. Look I don't know what's going to happen sure. with Adam Gase, uh, especially if the Jets keep losing games. We'll see what happens there. But um, now I still say Le'Veon would be a top thirty pick. Yeah, I think so too. Um, last one in this group, carry on Johnson. This feels sort of easy. Like he'll stay at a top thirty pick. I mean, he was okay. He wasn't maybe what we had drafted him to be, and he was kind of the start of the third round this past season. Mm-hmm. But I think I think people will look at it and say, okay, well, he got hurt. He missed a good chunk of the year. He was still kind of a workhorse back in that Detroit backfield. I feel like there's there is room for forgiveness in our fantasy hearts for on Johnson. I think that might be enough to kind of keep him in the top three rounds next year. So I'm going to compare him to Dalvin Cook. Why? Okay. Because Dalvin Cook in his first two years, all the talent in the world could not stay healthy. Mm-hmm. on's first two years in the NFL, all the talent in the world can't stay healthy. Hopefully in his third year, he gets rid of that injury bug mm-hmm. and produces. And so I do think uh, that he'll be a top 30 pick. I agree with you there because the talent is there. And look at how, I mean... I, Boy, I tell you, if you got Matt Stafford, you got to be just loving life. Although tough right. matchup this week against Chicago uh, at Soldier Field, but they're throwing the ball at time. I mean, they have basically ignored the running game ever since they lost Carryon Johnson. He is a talented guy who just needs to stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, without without Carryon there, they've gone back to being some of those older Lions teams where Matt Stafford was throwing the ball almost seven hundred times a year. Like yeah. they have just decided that you know that group with with Ty Johnson, J.D. McKissick, et cetera, is just not working. So that's worked out for Stafford. It's worked out for Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. Um, you know, I, I said before the season, like, I just didn't think Kenny Galladay. I mean, he's, he made the statement that he he wants to be a thousand yard receiver. And I said he has the talent. It's just not going to work in this offensive situation. But mm-hmm. that was before. Right. Uh, carry on. Got hurt. Yeah, it looks very much like he will be. Yeah. And yeah. Daryl Bevel hasn't had a lot of thousand yard receivers during his time as an offensive coordinator in the National Football League. But it uh, looks like he's going to get one uh, for sure this year with uh, with Kenny G. Seems to be the case. All right. Uh, let's flip the script, though, and talk about some of these guys who were not third round picks this year that could potentially be that next year. Uh, it seems like. Matt Nagy has decided that, hey, maybe we should give David Montgomery the ball because this Trubisky thing is not working out. And he's performed well. I I know people have sort of kind of knocked his athleticism or his ability to be like a a big play home run guy. But in terms of just being a grinder who uh, who makes plays and gets yards and scores touchdowns, 
I think that's enough to maybe squeak him in somewhere to mid to late third round next year. And admittedly, I didn't like him last week. Right. The matchup was bad. And he played well. Well, 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 he had a couple well, touchdowns. He had so. three. He averaged fewer than three yards right. of carry. He got a couple of touchdowns. That's I'll where you that. right exactly. <laughs> it, it was it was a very Jerome Bettis like <laughs> stat line. Right. But who's the coach next year? I mean, is Nagy going to keep that job after True. all the disappoint disappointments this year? You know, is Trubisky going to be the guy? I mean, you already start hearing rumbles about like you know Andy Dalton's going to be a bear, Cam Newton's going to be a bear, whatever the case may be. I liked him coming out of college. Wicked, elusive guy and a playmaker, a three-down back. And now we're starting to see that, as you mentioned, with his touches, with his snaps. Uh, you're not seeing much of Tariq Cohen and Mike Davis, who was a thing like in week one. I mean, he's he's Houdini. He's disappeared uh, from that offense. So uh, Montgomery potentially could be one, a third-round pick next season, depending on how he finishes. The schedule is very favorable for him. Really good play this week uh, against Detroit. So his arrow is certainly pointing up. Uh, next up. Is Tevin Coleman and the, the Niners, I don't think will ever just be a one back offense. You know, as long as Matt Breida is there or whoever's going to be Raheem Mostert, take your pick, whatever. I, I think Kyle Shanahan is going to continue to rotate guys. But I think what we've seen Fabs is over the last few weeks, they feel confident with Coleman as sort of the lead back in yep. that backfield. And he's going to get the majority of the snaps and the touches. And more importantly, he's going to get a lot of those touches inside the red zone and close to the goal line. Mm -hmm. That, I think, uh, again, he's a guy who maybe is sort of a, a late third round. Because As long as there's somebody splitting carries, like you're just never going to feel comfortable with him in the first couple of rounds. But I think you can make a case in the offseason that Tevin Coleman, back half of the third round, is probably worth a look. Yeah, it could be. Um, it could be. I probably see him more as maybe a fourth round pick, okay. but it's very close. Mm -hmm. uh, very close because, again, you mentioned, you know, the, the backfield committee aspect of it where, uh, you know, over the last four weeks, you know, he's played 56 percent of the snaps. Breed is at 33 percent. He also uh, outtouches Breed is 69 to 55 over that time. Breed was more of the guy last week. Coleman was a massive disappointment. Uh, yeah. But I mean, Shanahan produces top backs. Shanahan's offense made. Carlos Hyde, a top back, mm -hmm. who maybe we need to give more respect to Carlos Hyde, by the way, because um, he's, he's played pretty well for Houston. But, I mean, there is the, you know, there, there is the whole Shanahan produces really good running backs. That whole thing is out there. He's doing it again. So I would say Coleman's probably a top 40 pick for me next okay. season because there are going to be weeks where, like, Matt Breida comes in and has a, has a bigger game. So, um, and, and Coleman's a guy, too, that, you know, I, I'd like to see him be a little bit more durable, but right now he is, he's certainly an RB two. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And he's, he's been a, a nice addition, I think for yep. everybody in their fantasy lineups. I put Austin Eckler on this list. I mean, in part because of what he has done this year, but also with an eye to the fact that I just don't expect Melvin Gordon to be a charger. That's what I'm year. saying. Yeah. No so doubt. I think he's a guy who jumps up significantly from where, because he was a fifth, fifth or sixth round pick this past year because of the Gordon holdout and you know, what we were expecting from him. Seeing what he's done, knowing that that backfield opens up and kind of becomes his next year, he he jumps up significantly. Bro, he could be a first-round pick if he, he might goes be. in. If he goes into, like, next season as, like, the favorite to be the lead back, first-round pick. No, I mean, and we'll see with Gordon, uh, you know, as you mentioned, I don't know that the Chargers are going to pay his price, so, and they clearly they didn't want to do that. That's why there was a hold on in the first place. So, yeah, Eckler, Eckler could get drafted ahead of Gordon next season. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't I mean, be surprised. Eckler, it stinks for those who drafted Eckler because, like, he was so good. He was such a big part of everyone's fantasy roster. Yep. And he was putting up such huge numbers. And then when Gordon came back, you know, he, he's had a couple of decent games, but nothing to the level of what he was doing before Gordon uh, had returned from the from the holdout. So, yeah, if he's the guy in Los Angeles next year, 
Eckler's going to be a first round pick, probably a late first round, early second round at worst. Yeah, no, I mean he's gonna he's gonna be a guy that a lot of people are targeting very early uh, in their fantasy drafts next season. Uh, the last one I have here, and this one, I'm not I'm not married on him getting in the the top three rounds, right? Just because. It's Miles Sanders, and the one thing we know about Doug Peterson's offense is that he is always going to have a rotation. And even now, with Sanders having produced well the last couple of weeks, um, it's still Jordan Howard that's getting most of the snaps and most of the touches there. But we always love youth. We love ability. Um, You know, it's still a decent team, a decent offense that he's playing there. So maybe Miles Sanders doesn't quite get into the third round, but I think, you know, he definitely moves up a lot from where he was last year. Yeah, he's a talented guy, and a lot of people loved him, including Graham uh, coming into the season. A guy who, you know, he played behind Saquon Barkley at Penn State. He had that one, you know, that one season where he was the guy, and he played very well. Uh, potential three-down guy. It's just at this point right now, I mean, Jordan Howard uh, has been the better of the two backs, and he's a free agent, though, coming up, I believe, in 2020. So right. if that happens where Howard leaves and goes somewhere else, I mean, Miles Sanders could certainly be uh, and will be a top 30 pick, but uh, a lot of that depends on what they do with Jordan Howard. And if he sticks around uh, the city of brotherly love, I don't know that there's going to be as much love in fantasy for Sanders because <laughs> goal line opportunities are going to be a question mark. Early on work's going to be a question mark as well. Yeah. And I mean, Jordan Howard, he's a young guy. He's like 24, 25 right. years it, old. It feels like he's been around forever, but he really yeah. hasn't. Yeah, he's a young dude. And you know, Jordan Howard is a good running back. Um, you know, I feel like he sort of gets slandered unfairly because he's not, you know, he's not known as being a big time pass catcher, but he's still just a really good football player. Yeah, he's, I mean, listen... <laughs> He put up some really good numbers in Chicago. Really yeah. good numbers in yeah, Chicago. And, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, the Bears decided to to go in a different direction, and uh, now the Bears are going in a different direction. Right. Like down. Right. I mean, at least David Montgomery's starting to show some some signs of life. Because otherwise, it just would look like a huge mistake yes. <laughs> to get rid of Jordan. Yeah. No, I like Montgomery a lot. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Uh, all right. I got four names uh, of guys that uh, maybe you're dropping, maybe you're not, as you're looking to kind of make some space on your roster for the weeks to come, and. Keeping in mind, obviously, there are six teams on a bye, so it makes it a little bit harder to kind of maneuver some of these things. But the first one, uh, Jarvis Landry. We we talked to Jeff Ratcliffe about the Browns offense and Mm -hmm. and just how awful it has been so far. And and as bad as it's been for Odell Beckham, it's been worse for Jarvis Landry. He finally scored his first touchdown of the season last week. Um, I mean, I know that there's always the potential for him to do big things, but Mm -hmm. I feel like if you need wide receiver help, I mean, can you can you? Can you keep waiting on Jarvis Landry? So, so here's the good thing, okay? He has overcome two really brutally bad matchups in the last two weeks to score a combined 28.5 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Right. I mean, he's a wide receiver three uh, from fantasy purposes this season. Buffalo has got a really good defense, and he's probably not going to be a, a start for me this week. Then he's got Pittsburgh. Then week 12, he's got Miami. Revenge game. Then he's got Pittsburgh again. Cincinnati in week 14. Arizona in week 15. That's good matchups. Right. Uh, and then you got Baltimore in week 16. That that defense could go either way against the pass. So I would say stick with him because the schedule is favorable. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you're not expecting him to be the Jarvis Lander who went off as a member of the Dolphins and had big touchdown performances because that's not going to happen this season. And we've seen that. That's pretty, uh, pretty obvious at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this next one hurts my heart in so many ways. <laughs> uh, but like... Is, is it time to, to put Frank Gore back out there on the waiver wire? Mm. Devin Singletary is getting more opportunities. He's playing really well. Um, I, like, 
I I was uh, I was actually on uh, all the podcast with our, our good friend Jake Seeley yesterday, yep. and and we had this conversation, and I sort of compared it to, you know, growing up as a Golden State Warriors fan when they traded. I was in college, and they traded Tim Hardaway, who was my favorite player at the time. They traded him to the Miami Heat, and I wouldn't take my Tim Hardaway poster down for months <laughs> to the point that my roommate almost had to stage an intervention to try to get me to take it down. And I, this is sort of how I feel about the idea of putting Frank Gore back at, back out on the waiver wire, but I'm just wondering if maybe it's time. You had one of those run TMC posters, I bet, too, right? Oh, yeah. With Hardaway, Mullins, and, and Mitch Richmond. Yeah, see, you know, by the way, this is just a complete, complete aside. It has to do with it. Like, only Bay Area kids will remember this. Um, McDonald's, for a while, during that era, ran a special promotion. They called it the uh, the Tim and Chris Burger. Oh, jeez. I can't remember what was on it, you know, but it was like the Tim and Chris Burger, and the whole ad was Tim Hardaway and Chris Mullen arguing whether it should be the Tim and Chris Burger or the Chris and Tim Burger. <laughs> uh, like, that is, like, strictly a regional thing that only Bay Area kids will remember. But, yeah, that was uh, one of the memories <laughs> so, of that era. So I feel like if Ronald Jones was out there and you picked him up to drop Gore, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I mean, Kalen Balaj, okay, maybe. Uh, but Singletary has clearly taken the lead in this backfield the last two weeks, 67% of the snaps compared to 31 for Gore. Uh, Gore's still seeing some touches, 20 touches, although Singletary has seen 30. He's seen more. He's been more productive. Uh, he's the better back this week, clearly. Um, so it depends on what's out there. I mean, if you're in a deeper league and the running back position is just uh, an absolute barren wasteland, then you hold on to him. If there's a hot free agent out there uh, or, you know, like there's, there's examples I've had to run into this myself. Like, with six teams off, one of them is the Patriots. I'm not dropping the Patriots defense. Right. No, I'm, there's a lot of Patriots. I'm not, cut, <laughs> you know, I'm not cutting it. So, like, then I have to drop a guy like Frank Gore because I And I hate having two defenses, but I'm not dropping the Patriots. So, in that case, you know, Gore would probably end up back on the waiver wire. So, it depends on the situation that you're in. But Singletary has, has obviously become more of the guy there in Buffalo. So, um, a very good, uh, a very good ad here uh, in the last couple of weeks of the season. If you were lucky enough to draft him, if someone dropped him when he got hurt and you picked him up, uh, you're looking good right now. Uh, I, I mentioned this on this one stinks. Yeah, it does stink. I mentioned this on Fantasy Live yesterday, and we do our making waves segment. But uh, Larry Fitzgerald, I mean, the last three weeks have not been great. He's not seeing a lot of targets. Kyler Murray is really spreading the football around, getting a lot more people involved. We're also seeing Andy Isabella playing more snaps. Yeah. Um, like, and as Christian Kirk starts to get more featured in this offense. Uh, maybe Father Time has caught up to Larry Fitz. Although this is, this is not the first time we have said this yeah, about Fitzgerald, but maybe this is the time. There was a stretch in his career when he was just a waiver wire guy. Like he, he just wasn't that good a fantasy player. Well, they had and some then he sort of awful quarterbacks. Yeah, too. I know, right? <laughs> what, what, what are you talking? Uh, what was it? John Skelton. Like they had Ryan Lindley. Max Hall. Like, whatever, <laughs> right? they, had some, like, just, they had some awful quarterbacks. I, so he's got Buffalo. I'm sorry, he's got Tampa this week. Right. Six teams on a bye. I don't, I don't know if I could cut him. Right. If he stinks against Tampa, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Because then he's got the Niners, then they have a bye. So then I'm like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm done with him. But if he, can get, if he can get his act together and it's Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. I love Christian Kirk, by the way, this week. I do love, love Christian, Christian Kirk. Kirk this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I would cut him. He's a flex this week. Just not a very – he doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence. Right. Just the matchup's really good. So if you're, if you're hurting, uh, yeah, I, 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 would, I would keep him. Because then he's got the Niners again and a buy, so at that point you can probably cut him. But uh, I mean, again, hot wait. Like if Zach Pascal's out there, I'd cut Fitzgerald for him. For right, yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I was certainly held. Maybe ugh, I don't know if I'm going to say this, Devontae Parker. I'm hey going to say it. 
Say it. I'm going to say it. I mean, I divide the Say it with your chest. Believe it. Four touchdowns in his last five games, man. And now more uh, opportunities opening up with Preston Williams out for the season. Yep. So. Uh, I put Greg Olson on this list. That was before the Evan Ingram news hit. So, like, that might be one where I'm kind of pulling it back. But yeah. Greg Olson has not really been great for the no. last few weeks. No. Um, and, like, the fact that he is, you know, in, in his bye week calling games on network television kind of leads you to believe that this might be the last hurrah mm-hmm. for Greg Olson. Especially, look, if Cam Newton's going to be gone next year and they're really figuring some things out, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Greg Olson is, is going to hang him up. Um, but... Like I said, six teams on a buy, and now Evan Ingram, his status is uncertain for uh, for the week. Uh, I don't know if Greg Olson's available here, in any league. And here's the problem. But, man. Yeah, he's got a good matchup this week. He's got two games against Atlanta. He's got a game against Washington. And, I mean, last week the matchup was was pretty good, and he only had seven points. I I have Greg Olson in our show league mm-hmm. um, and because I had O.J. Howard. And, obviously, you know, he stunk. And it's like every week it's a decision. Like, do I cut Olsen and play a younger upside guy like a Janu Smith mm-hmm. or maybe play Howard this week or just stick with Olsen? But, you know, uh, there, there's there's like two or three people out in the industry. I, I respect a lot of people in the industry, but there's like two or three guys that I really respect enough to actually like look at their rankings. Uh, and I always see Olsen in or near the top 10. And I'm like, God darn it. Like, I don't, <laughs> don't want to play him. I don't want to play him. But right. I mean, it's more of like, I mean, his floor sucks. His ceiling is not that great. Not that Do great. I go with a guy who's got a better, who's got a better ceiling, but maybe his floor is lower. It, it's a tough call. It's a tough call. Um, Oddly the, enough. The, the seasonal, the seasonal, uh, the rest of the season schedule is really good for him. But God, yeah, I mean, he hadn't done anything. He had that one game with, with Week Kyle three. Allen. He had that one game with Kyle Allen and that was it. 75 and two touchdowns against that was the Cardinals. It. Yes. And, you know, and that was like, Cardinals. Titans have been ripping the Cardinals all year long. All right, you just made my decision. I'm cutting them. Uh, you know, we, you know, as, and everything you said about him is true. Yet he's still the tight end twelve this year. <laughs> no, it's a joke, man. It is a joke. It is a joke. You know what? I'm gonna go out oh, with this right man. now. I'm gonna be a homer. Should I do this? You're gonna go get the Jason Witten. <laughs> Look, I, I have I have multiple I mean, leagues where I have been I, starting Jason Witten I gotta, weekly. I got to think about it, and man. Look, and I and I don't hate it, right? I, gotta, I mean, I got to think about he's, it. He's Jason Witten is the tight end ten. He, Jason Witten is a top ten tight end right now. This guy was in the booth last right. year, and I calling games, and I am not well, but he was calling games. Totally comfortable starting. I mean, I'm looking at Witten's numbers this year. Like his floor has been six points basically. Yeah, I mean, it's not. In in the tight end world, that's not awful. It's not. I know it's not. But <laughs> at what point do you think the fantasy industry is going to be like? You know what? We're just going to eliminate tight end. We're going to add an extra. No. We. I mean, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. But a lot of people out there are like tight end sucks. I know. There's you know there's guys out there who do stardom and sit him columns like I do. Um, maybe not for as long. That's for sure. But I've seen some of the folks out there. They don't even do tight ends. I just or kickers or defenses because. The positions are so ridiculously unpredictable to uh, to even write about that they're like I hate yeah. I hate wow. I hate this idea that we're just going to pare fantasy football down to no I, I don't like that idea being the best I agree at, with know, you. scouting receivers and running backs I, 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 I agree hate with that you. idea I agree 100 so uh, just yep. just because it's hard doesn't mean we quit folks exactly that's my uh, so I don't know I'm th- like great girls oh, I got I got to look at some things man I got to geez Louise so maybe I'll let the fans out there maybe I'll put it on yeah Twitter you know, and be crowdsource like, hey, guys, it. But but then again, you know, you can get some people like yeah, Fabiano. Yeah, I'm gonna pick the worst guy on this list. 
<laughs> so you end up getting a higher percentage. You got to play that doof. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Crowdsource it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. I think that's enough. That's it. We're done. We appreciate you downloading and listening. As always, uh, you know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, never trust children. They're here to replace us. We'll see you on Friday. <laughs>